Eleanor Cardwell from the England Roses. You're listening to the Half Court Press. This is Ryan Gosmark from Belgium Rugby and you're listening to Half Court Press Podcast. Hi, my name is Julie Pini Ibsen and you are listening to the Half Court Press Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the third series of the Half Court Press Podcast with Theo McLeod. In this season, Players in Profile, we talk to athletes who have had an interesting career in their chosen sport. This episode has been brought to you by Right Performance. Welcome back to the Half Court Press podcast. I'm sat here with Ryan Goldsmark, who is a rugby player over in Belgium. Um, hello, Ryan. How are we doing? Not too bad. How How's life? Uh, it's, it's going all right, I suppose, with the current situation. Uh, obviously, we're on lockdown, so uh, slightly, uh, well, uh, but, you know, finding ways to train and Past the time, so uh, I suppose for for the, the sports people, it's, it's uh, a bit frustrating, but you know. Yeah. So, so tell us a, a bit about where you're from, uh, who you are. Uh, so from uh, Scotland originally, and uh, I'd say in the borders. So I was brought, brought up in the borders. Uh, started my rugby there, um, and then moved to Edinburgh to study. Um, and yeah, and that's uh, and from there I went and travelled a little bit, um, and went to America. Played a bit in France, and obviously found myself here in Belgium. Um, Twenty-seven years old, uh, and that's that. Yeah. So what's what's your? I, mean, I know the answer, but what's your what's your what what did you study? Okay, so I studied sports science. Uh, so I did. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree in sports science. I didn't go any further than that, so I, I did my could be technically your third year in university. Got my bachelor's, and then from there, uh, that's when I decided to kind of leave and, and do a bit of travelling. Um, so yeah, did sports science. Now we, um, you, you were on the course with me. Um, yeah, you went, we went, went through the, uh, the the vocational route, didn't we? The the H and D first, yeah. the high national diploma in sports coaching, and then direct entry into third year. Uh, for an yeah. academic course, um, wh- what did you prefer? Was, did, did you prefer the more vocational setup or the more academic? No, I think the way we did it, I think going through college is actually, for me, especially the best way, just purely through how, how I learn and stuff like that. It just was a bit more, I would say, relaxed, but you know, you could speak to the, the, um, the lecturer a bit more, you can really get into the just a lot more help with your work, obviously. So, give you a lot more time to do stuff, I think, um, as opposed to other universities. Obviously, we were in the, based in Telford College. Um, so, I think it was really good. Um, and obviously, there was quite a difference from moving from the HND to the to the actual degree. 
uh, obviously we did some of the, uh, the classes in the college, but then we had some lectures at the university, which you did notice the difference, obviously. Um, so for me, I think uh, the way that I went through it was a lot easier. Has it has having a sports education changed changed the way you perceive sports? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the way I perceive it. Um, obviously, open my eyes slightly, especially when coaching. Uh, before I actually went into the course, obviously I, I learned loads coaching because we did a lot of practical coaching. Um, so I think that really did help. Uh, learned a lot to do with how to coach, what kinds of things to use, and that really. Helped me just as a, as a base, really, because everything else I've learned, I have to say, it's through experience. Um, but definitely, without doing the actual uh, university course, I don't think I'd be where I am now. Um, so I think the way that worked out was really good. Uh, and as I said, the more practical we did, the more we learned, the more we spoke about it. So I find that was uh, actually really helpful. So in terms of actually looking at sport, maybe not, but with what I did, it's helped me. Uh, a little bit further in life as such and then uh, obviously that's opened my eyes with the experiences I've had and things like that. Okay, um, now you're currently over over in Belgium. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe that you've been capped by the Belgian national rugby team recently. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Now we'll get onto that a bit more later on but um, I'm interested to know about the how you started out in sports, uh, how you started out in, in rugby. Uh, you come from quite a, a, a rugby family, I believe. Your brother plays sevens for Scotland as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Was this... Was this um, so, yeah, so I started, I think, uh, when I was young, I actually played football. That was just kind of the, the sport that was in the schools. I went to all of the primary schools, so that's where it really started. So we, me and my two brothers, and I was mum and dad, we lived in a farm, so... If you wanted to do something, it was either go work on the farm or play a bit of sports. So we always played football. We threw a rubber ball around, but we didn't really know too much of the rules or anything like that. So the, the sport was actually um, was football, and uh, I did a bit of karate on the side as well. So we did that for the first few years, and then as my older brother went up to to high school, that he started rugby, and I think that me and my my twin brother we just followed there. We just there wasn't really much decision making into it. We went to high school. And their main sport was, was rugby, so it was quite nice actually. You just go and you train during your lunch break, and uh, you play the weekend. So that's where it starts. So I suppose we started rugby at the age of 10, 11. Um, and from there, uh, we played, it just went up the age grade. So it was in first year in, in high school, you went up from there every year. You played with the school team, and that was where our main rugby was in Scotland. Um, was the school team up until around 15 year old where you joined your club which was our local our local club in Selkirk which is Selkirk Youth Club uh, around 16 that was and then from there just up until under 18 you play, you play at uh, Selkirk so that's how I really started it was just in through school um, and then built up from there so did you have any any aims and uh, ambitions did you did you always <laughs> did, did you always dream of playing for Belgium uh, no <laughs> So when I started rugby, it was it was just more of a thing. My friends did it. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, my older brother did it. And that was kind of the thing to do. Uh, and I think in most schools, especially in Scotland, from my experience, loads of people joined rugby, so that was the main sport. They did that, and then as the years went on, I think more of the the guys that they, they kind of knew okay, I liked rugby or I didn't like rugby. So then 
they'd fall off. So then you, when you got to around your third year, fourth year, that's when you got the players that actually wanted to play rugby. Um, and by that time, I was I was fixed on, right, this is, this is all I want to do. I want to play sports, and rugby was my sport, so I really wanted to be professional. So, um, And through that, obviously, you got some selections, not just for your, your school, but then you got regional selections. So we got that. Yes, that started from under 15s and then you get a taste of a higher level of rugby so I suppose yeah when everyone that age were pretty well I suppose everyone when you're playing football as well they want to be professional but that was kind of uh, the aim I suppose I felt like I was at a decent enough level to say okay we can maybe go a little bit further here so when I was young yeah the, it was always to be professional um, so yeah are you are you from part of the Scottish borders where where rugby is quite culturally strong? Yes, so that's Selkirk, Melrose, Galad, Hoyk. That's really the main sport. Obviously, there's footballs in all these other sports, but really, that's for uh, that's rugby. That rugby is the main sport. Um, so yeah, that, where we came from, I suppose that was just that was the sport to do, which was quite nice. Actually, I'm pretty glad that that's that's the run out. Uh, so yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of training, I believe because rugby is is such is is a sport that's got such a basis and strength. Was there any any particular yeah. training uh, regimes you had to go through when you were, when you were younger? Yeah, so actually, which is quite good, organised by the Scottish Rugby Union. When you turn fifteen, you've got like we had the opportunity. We went to the gym. I remember it was every Monday night. We always had to go to the gym. And we were pretty much taken throughout the whole year. We were taken through. Uh, we had a coach, and, he, and it was like a, we had a little workbook, and it was just they taught us the fundamental movements of, of strength conditioning, and then they took us through our strength conditioning program. It was only once a week, but you learned obviously the, the basic movements, and then kind of taught you how to make a program and, and why you're doing certain rep schemes and that. So, so we always had to obviously do fitness. Um, on the field, but that was actually something that was brought in quite early. So at the age of fifteen, we were starting to do weight training, and once you do that, after that year, you're only doing it once a week. But then it really depends again if the boys, if you're interested or if you're young and you're, you're quite keen on rugby. Some of them said, "Right, I did this," and then they didn't want to ever see the gym again. Whereas me and my brother had a few friends around us that we thought, "Right, we wouldn't mind doing this uh, more often." So we'd either buy our own bars or stuff like that and uh, we end up training twice sometimes three times a week we had coaches that gave us programs mm. at a young age or 16 17 18 we started to do uh, a lot of gym training at that age as well as the fitness but usually at that age the coaches took care of the fitness so we always did fitness on field and then we do our gym work um, afterwards and i suppose that was just the culture the way we as I said, not for everyone, but the guys that wanted to, in their head, right, I want to take this serious, I want to do as much as I can to be really good. So, And I was quite a small kid, actually, so it was quite important uh, for us to go to the gym. So, yeah, so we trained quite a lot in the gym, actually. And I suppose that just carried through. We, we just, I've never really stopped. I've always went to the gym at least twice a week, and that's always just been the thing. So what well, didn't seem like a massive effort, to be honest. It was just the, the thing to do, and I always got given programmes. I suppose, yeah, so it's always, it's always been... Uh, Quite important, I think. And now nowadays, it's, it's huge. So we always have to go to the gym. You're always looking to go to the gym about three times a week. Sometimes some players go four, a little bit less sometimes. But uh, so yeah, and then obviously we've got quite a big now nowadays we've got a lot of fitness to do as well. So I'm junior with the the Belgium Sevens at the moment, and we've got fitness to do as well three times a week. 
obviously it's proven slightly difficult at this time of year. Um, so yeah, and then we've got another three gym sessions a week as well. So it is quite a lot. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine you, you being a small, a small child. I mean, you, you, you and your brother, you are big boys. <laughs> You know, <laughs> actually, it's funny. I, I, I say I was small, but it's because of the position I played. So when I was younger, I actually played a different position. I played in the back row, so that was with the big, big boys, and I was always a small one in the in the forward. So uh, in comparison to them, I was always small. But I suppose I wish I changed position a little bit early. But now I think I'm I'm, I'm average now, so it's quite nice. Um, but yeah. I think compared to some other sports, which slightly a bit more muscly or a little bit bigger. But again, that's just, I think that's down to just training. What's your position now? So now, my position is scrum half. So back, back when, just until I was under 18, I'm 20 year old, I was playing in the back row. So I was playing flanker. And then uh, I decided after that to change to, to scrum half. Um, I'd always wanted to when I was young and I always practiced, but never, I was never really skillful enough, I'd say. Actually play that. So now I play scrum half, and uh, but again I, I play now everywhere in the backs. So I've uh, I play sometimes at centre. I play at ten sometimes. So but my my main position is now scrum half. So. Who was um who was your inspiration growing up? So uh, my inspirations. I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't really have many inspirations, especially with rugby, because when I was young, as I said, I didn't really know. I didn't really know rugby. I didn't really watch a lot of rugby for sports, you know, to be honest, I didn't, but when I did, when I started to get into it, I started to see all these players, and I kind of always loved the players that were quite small, they were really skillful, so they were always really, really good, so we had players, a guy that played for a steward called Matt Gitu, who I loved, I used to love watching him play, um, and then a guy from France called Freddy Michelac, who was actually quite quite an inspiration, but I suppose the, the ones that probably inspired Probably me and a lot of guys from where I was from, for from Selkirk, was obviously the older players that played maybe in the senior team. So you've got players such as Lee Jones, who's currently professional, and then there's another guy called Kieran Beatty, who's actually I think a lot of young players kind of looked up to him because he was playing professional at the time for the Border Reavers, um, and he came from Selkirk. So I think a lot of guys thought, right, I want to be like him. So I suppose that was quite, quite you know, someone to look up to and say, right, I, I want to be like him. And I think when we were young. Um, they were kind of the people that were close to home, you know, so you could, you know, you, you aim to kind of be like them. And actually, funny enough, now Kieran, he's actually coaching my brother at the Scotland Seven, so it's quite funny how, how it's all turned around, so it's quite good. I think I think sport in in Scotland is, is quite communal, isn't it? You know, it's a small world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's oh. massive. So even when you play rugby, I mean, the amount of people that you meet, it's crazy. And then it's opened so many doors, just even in Scotland. You know, you go, I went to Edinburgh, and my brother went to Edinburgh, and you play You play for your team, you play all these other local teams, you maybe go into a selection, um, or a regional team, and you meet all these other players, and then just through life, not even in sports, but you know, it might be through a job, you might, you just meet loads of people, I think it's, obviously there's huge benefits, not just rugby, but in all sports, and a team sport, you meet so many people that, that open so many doors, just in, in life, I suppose. So, in terms of your current career, um, yeah. sort of moving on to sort of your sort of adult adult sort of life, um, still playing rugby. Um, yeah. Who were who were you playing for in Scotland? Who, were you, who was your team? So, I played obviously. I played for Selkirk. Uh, I played for the under 18s Moved up to the senior, and then uh, went to Edinburgh to study. Uh, and we played for Edinburgh Aki's there. So um, me and my brother we moved there. 
and then I played all my rugby pretty much at Edinburgh when I was uh, Scotland just until I left and, uh, and then I went to, to America for a bit so now, uh, Edinburgh academicals aren't they quite a yeah. um, ancient and historic club yeah so I think they were one of the first clubs, I think I want to say, in the world. Maybe the second one was in the world, something like that. But one of the, I think their field is uh, the first international work game that took place between England and Scotland. Um, so, so yeah, it's quite a, an old club um, with a lot of history. But it's, it was a good club, it was really good. Didn't have a lot of money, didn't have huge facilities, but I loved it, loved the club, it was good. I walked past it the um, about a month ago, maybe 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 two months ago, yeah. and it's it's looking good now. It's been you know, it's been done up. The new clubhouse is looking uh, looking yeah. pretty good. It's going to get bigger as well. I, I, last time I was in Scotland, I had a look at it. And it's massive, but it's still got the big big um, side of the stand to get built. So, and that'll be good. That'll be good for the club. I suppose when that gets all built up. So, but even when I was there, we were. I remember we were doing meetings about that. When it was going to get built, so it's a bit of a shame it's taken so long. But it's like that. I need planning permission on that. Oh, yeah, I used to uh, I used to play next door for the Grange. Oh, yeah. yeah, not not rugby, but a proper sport like hockey. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a nice part of town. Um, very, yeah, you know, they like the sports around there. You know. Um, yeah. So, so in terms, so you you were playing for. Uh, Edinburgh Aquis, and you just got bored of the what the Scottish climate and moved abroad. Uh, I wouldn't say bored, but uh, as I said, when I was young, I really wanted to be professional, and that was like the, the whole, uh, the whole not reason I was playing, but it started to become like a fixation. Right? I really wanted to be, but um, I played, and as I said, I played in other positions. I wasn't physically big enough to play in this position, and I didn't have enough experience in my new position at the time to to really. Say that I was a good rugby player. So um, we were playing. I was playing for uh, Aki's, and I ended up getting with my, my brother got into the sevens kind of set up quite early doors, and then I got involved in a thing called the Scottish Cicero, which is a um, it's like a, it's a kind of a very larger squad of Scotland sevens. So you were training maybe once a week, and then you had sometimes you were trained by good coaches who who coached the Scotland sevens. And you, uh, you played in, in tournaments in Great Britain Seven. So, and then some players got picked up from there to go to Scotland Sevens, and that was kind of I thought, oh, maybe that's quite a good opportunity to maybe go and, and you know, a door maybe to go into professional rugby or something like that. But unfortunately, I didn't get picked. And then there was a year where they kind of lost money, Scotland Sevens, and kind of went down uh, in the, the Scottish Thistle. Uh, it was non-existent for a year, and it got changed. But so at that time, I was working, and I thought. I wouldn't mind actually trying to make something out of rugby. If I was never going to go professional, I wouldn't mind using it to do something else. So I got an opportunity. It was someone that actually just sent me a message to say that there was a team in America who were looking for someone in my position. Now, I'd just changed the position. So I it's not going to be a high level in America because I didn't have the professional league yet. So I thought, why not? So I went there with two other friends. And it was amazing. I was there for three months. Uh, played in New York and uh, it was a great experience. Obviously, I travelled. It was all for free. We, you know, we, we had a house, we had a car, we, we went to experience, and that necessarily wasn't just for the rugby. That was just for the experience. And we travelled for free essentially, so that was nice. 
And after that, I thought, right, maybe I'll, I'll try and do something about this. So I was like, the week I came back, I then spoke to another person about another club in France, and uh, I got involved there. I, I, I came back, I was only back a week, and then I was away out to France for a trial, and I played for, and I got a trial with this team, and then uh, they asked me to come for the season, so that was it. I thought, right, I'll try and do something with this. So I was in France, I played there for a year, and then I found myself going to Belgium. So. I've been in Belgium now for three years, and this is st- this is almost the end of my fourth franchise. Also, uh, also, um, <coughs> a wonderful clip on social media. I think a few years ago, of you uh, being in- in- interviewed in French. It's like ah yeah, so, yeah. That was something I had to pick up as well. So when I was in France, I was all right because there was a huge amount of English speakers because there was a lot of foreigners. A lot of French teams bring in a lot of foreign players, so. We had around eight or nine foreigners that were playing for the team, so that was all right. I could get by. I was speaking, and some of them spoke French, so it's fine. But when I came to Belgium, and I kind of tried, I tried to learn French when I was in when I was in France, and I got a few lessons, but it was a bit slow. Obviously, I was speaking English every day, uh, and only French to the coach and trying to understand things. So when I came to Belgium, I said, "Right, I'll try and learn it." Then I downloaded my Duolingo, and there you go. I was I was on it. So and I picked it up. Uh, I was rubbish at French in school. But I just picked it up and that was it. And I've now got a girlfriend who's, who's a French speaker, so I think that kind of helped as well. Um, and I got that interview, yeah, and I, I answered in French and it went quite well. But now I'm fluent in French, so it's quite nice. I suppose I've gained something from this whole experience. Um, have you have you, yeah. have you seen the uh, the Jerry Barton clip, the football player Jerry Barton? Oh, yeah, I mean, he's oh. started speaking English in a, in a, in a, in a sort of pink pants. I'm, I'm no, I'm not, I I'll, I'll not lose my, my Scottish accent, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, in terms of league um, standards, like playing standards, I mean, I suppose, yeah. who, what was the standard like in, in the US? Um, who were you, you playing for? What's, what's the, what was the standards like over there and compared to, um, compared to Belgium, compared to France? I was in New York, so that was before anything was was uh, made professional. So, and I don't know what division it was. I think it was uh, maybe a Division Two team could have been, but as I said, it wasn't really to go player group. It was more for the experience, and the, the level wasn't great. But as I said, I just changed positions, so it was actually quite good for me to kind of learn. So, uh, so that was good. But there was a lot of athletes in, in America. They just they weren't quite rugby at that time. That was, that was maybe five, six years ago I was there. So they weren't rugby, but now they're, obviously, they've developed a professional league and they've got some players in, so they're going to get better and better. And so, yeah, that was all right. And then I went to France and the level was slightly better there. But again, it wasn't, a, it, I wouldn't say it wasn't better than what I was playing in Scotland. What, what, uh, what, what league were you in? Was, in France, I, generally, I don't know what, I think it was Federal 3. Or federal two, I'm not too sure. Um, for Oxia, so you've got your you've got your uh, top fourteen, then you've got your Pro D two, then you've got federal one, federal two, federal three, then you've got honours and stuff like that. So we went to France. I went with another Scottish guy, and the level was alright. I mean, as I said, they had a lot of foreigners. So the foreigners that I was playing with were quite good. But then the teams, some of the teams we were playing against, either were good or they were really really bad. You know, so. How does that compare with Scotland? You know, Scotland rugby was much better. So we were playing the Premiership, 
uh, even in even in the national one division two, it's it was a lot better. Um, just but in France, there's so many players that play rugby. I think they just have to, they've got the federal one. There's forty teams there. The federal two, there's like ninety. Federal three, there's like hundred and sixty teams. You know, so there's a massive and it just it's a huge huge difference between the top table and the bottom table. And uh, so that was alright, but again, it was kind of more. It was a better experience for me as a, I was playing a different position, so I was kind of learning at the time. So it was nice not playing at too high a level to play scrum half and just get a good rhythm with rugby and things like that. And then obviously when I went to Belgium, that was a higher level than what I was playing in France. That was quite nice as well. But as I say, I'd still say the the level in Scotland's better. Um, so it wasn't necessarily to go and play at a high level. I think it was just more to, to go away and experience and travel. So I wasn't necessarily going to, to say, right, I want to be pro in this country. It was just to go and, and travel for free and, and have an experience on the way. And actually the initial plan was just to come here for a year in Belgium and then maybe go to another country and, and travel and, and play more rugby. But I've got a girlfriend, I've got a good, I've got a good situation. I've got a sponsorship through Canterbury Rugby and that kind of made me, that allowed me to train not necessarily full time, but almost. So I didn't have to work, um, and I trained sort of pretty much every day. So that was quite good, and, uh, and I've still got that as well. So that's pretty much why I'm, I'm still staying in, in Belgium. So I've got a good sponsorship. I can train all the time, and you know it's quite a nice, quite a nice life. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Um, and yeah, so it's. And you've gone the you've gone the full hog. I mean, you, you've you're now uh, an international standard player for the Belgium Belgium national team. Yeah, that's quite nice actually. So it was, um, and to be honest, actually, the, the Belgium national team that's a good standard. So you've got <clears throat> the good players. A lot of them actually don't play in Belgium, but a handful of players that that are playing in Belgium, and a lot of them actually playing in France or in England or things like that, and they all come in obviously for the international stuff, so it's in the Six Nations B, so they've got something like Georgia, Romania in their league, they've got Portugal, uh, and Spain, so, and Russia. So a lot of the teams, Russia were just at the, the World Cup, um, and so were Georgia, so it's quite nice to play against these teams. Um, good experience I suppose, but the players you're playing with as well are really good, so that, that changes it as well, so I suppose it makes it worthwhile. In terms of, um, in terms of, I would say a low level, but a lower level in Belgium. In terms of uh, nationality, do you need to, do you need to get the citizenship test done or a passport or anything like this? So for rugby, the rules now changed to five years. So if you stay in the country for five years now, then you can then play for the national team without having actual nationality. So I'm Scottish still, but I, because I was. In Scotland, I was in uh, Belgium, sorry, I was registered for three years, <clears throat> and uh, that allowed me to play for the national team. So actually, I've not actually have to do any sort of test, because to get nationality, Belgian nationality, I still have to be here five years, uh, so that's a rule. But here, for rugby, when I arrived, it was the rule was three years, so now it's obviously changed. Uh, so yeah, so I was here for three years, and once that was up, 36 months, it was allowed to play. Nice. Oh, fantastic, man. So, walk us, walk, you know, talk us through your debut. <laughs> okay, so, obviously the Six Nations started, I wasn't actually, 15s rugby wasn't actually, I, it wasn't 
really in my mind to say, right, I'm going to play Belgian 15s. I was more interested in playing sevens. Um, and I got a message from the coach to say that he'd like me to be in the initial 32 squad uh, uh, when I was, I, was, I was at work one day. So I thought, oh, that's quite cool. So he said, we're going off to Portugal. We just need to take care of your registration. I took care of that. And he said, right, your, your flight's booked. You're leaving this day. So right, that was good. So I went to Portugal and the 32-man squad. And he told me, you're going to be playing 10. Uh, I said, all right, that's strange, because I've never played 10 before. I played 10 only in my f- first two games in Belgium, but I've never played 10 before. And even I think some of my friends in Scotland were thinking, what the hell's going on? I mean, then, I mean, uh, how good were you How good were you, you in those two games? You're going, blimey, he was brilliant. Uh, so, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was at 10. When he told me I was playing 10, I looked around, there was actually only another 10 in the squad. It was quite a young boy, so I thought, oh, there's a chance I could be starting here. So then uh, we were training throughout the week. I picked up a small injury. Um, and so he spoke to me just three days before the game, and he says, you know, you're going to actually be starting for the game, so we need to make sure you're not injured. So I thought, oh, so we've left really with only one ten because the other 10 wasn't even going to be in the squad. So I thought, right, I really am playing 10 here. So then we played... Uh, and uh, it was, uh, I suppose it wasn't the worst game I've ever played, but it wasn't a good one. Because uh, our game plan, a lot of it was to kick. Kicking really wasn't my um, game, especially playing in our position. So that was uh, a bit of a, a bit of a struggle. But once I got into the rhythm, it was it was okay. But it was a bit frustrating, obviously, playing at a different position. I didn't have a huge amount of experience or rhythm. So that was a bit frustrating. So I played 10 in that game. We didn't actually win it, and that was a game that we should have won. Um, and then the next game we played Russia, I wasn't in the squad for that, and I was in the squad for the Georgia game. So, and again, the Georgia game, I was in at 10 as well. Um, and that that was a tough one because they just come off the World Cup. They're all full-time pros, whereas I'd say maybe 70% of the, the Belgian team are professional, the other guys aren't. Um, so that was a tough That was a good experience, but a tough one. So we got... Well, it's really beat, but it was quite nice to, to play against uh, players at a good standard. So, in t- I mean, do, do you feel like you're from Belgium, or do you feel more Scottish? Uh, I'd still say Scottish. I'd still have to stick with Scottish. But even, <clears throat> I love I love it in Belgium. It's really nice. It's really good. But uh, I'll always call Scotland home. And uh, every time there's a holiday, I always look to go home. So, or at least I try and plan to go home. Obviously, for a week over there. Um, so yeah, I'd always say I'm Scottish, even when I'm in the, the Belgian national team, they'll always uh, they'll try and put on the Scottish national anthem, ask me to sing it and stuff like that, so yeah, I'll always say I'm Scottish. I mean, I mean, how's, how's that go down in the, uh, with, the, with, with the other guys? I mean, is it, is it made up with a lot of, yeah, is, it, is the squad made up with, with a lot of other foreign-born players? Or? So we've got, we've got, so I was a Scottish guy, we've got a guy from England, his parents were were Belgian, but there's quite a lot of French, to be honest, who's got relations in Belgium, and we have some players playing in England, but they're all Belgian, but they all love it, I suppose they they love the fact that uh, there's a Scottish guy, there's a guy from England, there's, and obviously the, the bulk of them are, are from Belgium, but there's quite a big big group of them that are from France, um, that maybe went over when they were young to play in, a, in an academy somewhere, and then they came back and, from Belgium, but they, yeah, they love it. 
Is there? A, have you desi- have you designed um, a tartan for the uh, the national national team yet? Walking out for a pitch inspection in in your in your, in your Central European. Oh, you to remind, my name is Godsmark and it's not it's a Scottish name, so we don't even have a tartan. So recently, actually, my parents designed a tartan for the for the Godsmarks. We bought it, so uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yes, that. So, uh, so I've just got a tartan for my name. Never mind the the, the national team. <laughs> nice. Um. So, what are your so what are your aims and ambitions going forward? You were saying that you didn't really have much in terms of. Uh, 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 I suppose um, now it's not to be so much professional. Um, that was obviously always the aim up until I was around 22, 23, and I kind of realised, right, it's not going to happen like this. But and actually, obviously, my, my twin brother, he is full time with Scotland Sevens. So I thought, right, as I said, I, I wanted to get something out. So I, I don't know, the aim now. It's still to play rugby. I'm 27. I've still got a few years left, um, and I'm still in Belgium. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing even next year in terms of rugby. If I'm going to be still in Belgium, or if I'm looking to to go away. Um, but now that this whole Belgian rugby thing's come up, I wouldn't mind giving that a crack as well. So uh, and try and play in my position as opposed to playing in a different one. Um, and I've got the Belgium Sevens as well, which initially we were actually meant to play our first tournament in Scotland, which was going to be a nice experience. But obviously that's been uh, called off. So I think it's continue obviously to play rugby, maybe get more of an experience out of it, which would mean maybe moving over to a different country or even coming back to Scotland, because I wouldn't mind ever when I finish rugby is to finish it in Scotland. Um, and then professionally, I'm working at the British School of Brussels, so I, uh, I'm the head of rugby there which is actually a, a really good job for me. So I don't know if it's to progress there as a coach, but I'm really, really into the strength conditioning side of things. And that's what I'm really doing in my spare time. I read up on it uh, where I'm making programs for the guys at the, at the rugby club. So that's another kind of aim for me in life is to, to look more into strength conditioning and see where that takes us. So I've got say, a nice job at the, at the school. And then, as I said, I've got a sponsor with Canterbury. And I help them with, with kind of public relations. So I'm the ambassador in Belgium. So whenever it comes around, uh, kind of, I want to get more involved obviously, in Belgium. Then I speak to a Belgian club and then I point them towards the Canterbury. Uh, I kind of deal with that. So I've got a nice experience, uh, kind of a broad experience in, in terms of professional life if I, when I stop rugby. Um, and I suppose that's what I'm looking at now is what I'll do after that. I've got a massive passion at the moment for, for coffee. So who knows? I might. Um, think it involved in something to do with that as well so I've, to be honest with you I'm, I say to myself I'm still young so I'm not too sure but as I said to you before sports opens up a lot of, a lot of doors and I've met a lot of people all over the world I suppose um, and we'll just have to wait and see I just take it as it comes I'm still in Belgium playing rugby and we'll see I might we'll see if I'll look into something but at the moment just keeping my, my eyes open uh, options open you know and, and still experiencing so I've not got too many plans but as I said strength addition would be would be a nice a nice thing to do so in terms of that, in that feeds nicely into the next question uh, in terms of training so um, strength and conditioning in rugby I would imagine is is very very important um, what what yeah so it's, yeah what is your 
Yeah. I mean, what what is a training regime uh, for 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 your sport, your position, uh, and how are you coping with uh, the coronavirus? It's, uh, it's it's rather annoying, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was chatting yesterday to uh, w- um, w- w- one of the other interviewees, who's a badminton player for Scotland. He's saying he's he's out with the uh, textbooks as a in the backpack for extra weight running around the park, yeah. getting some to, yeah. <laughs> to help 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 the uh, the the, the, sort of the cardiovascular conditioning, you know, but. Um, yeah. yeah, it's quite frustrating. I know the Belgium Rugby Sevens girls, they've got bottles of water in their bags as well, and they're doing the same stuff, they're doing pull ups and things like that with them. So, all right, talking a bit more about sort of specifically about your sport, um, yeah. I mean, what, what, what makes a good player in your, I suppose, what, what makes a good rugby player in um, generally, and what makes a good rugby, rugby player in your position? So physically, 
which is a massive problem because there's a lot of skinny players that are, that are really good. But physically, if, you're, if your game isn't technical and it's not to do with good passing or good kicking, then it's physical and you'll probably be playing forward. So someone that's physically fit, strong, can make his tackles, and then, then you might, I don't know, play in the back row, then they're already going to be a, not a bad player, even without the technical aspect of playing with the ball. If they can defend really well, and they can do their job on field um, and physically get around the field, then they're already going to be not a bad player. Um, game awareness comes into it massively. So someone that's maybe playing standoff or fly half, sorry, or scrum half, or even at centre, having a good game awareness <clears throat> and a good skill set, you being able to kick, being able to pass well, and having a good awareness to to see to make a good decision. Obviously, then that's going to be massive. Um, I think the players that have got a great awareness of the the ones that you know that are going to move a high level are going to complete a high level. Um, and then you've got the props. That if you've got a prop that's really strong, fast, fit, and uh, and they can pass the ball, then they're going to be good as well. So I suppose in rugby there's so many differences in different positions that everyone has to have a. a, a I suppose their, their attributes are going to be why they're playing in that position. So, as I said, a winger, if he's rapid, and he can catch a ball, then uh, then, he, then he's a good player. You know, he's a good winger, but you put him in a scrum half, then he might not be good because uh, he might not be able to pass. Whereas if there's a scrum half that's really good at passing, really good at kicking, and he's fit, but he's not very fast, put him on the wing, he might not do a good job, you know, but he might be a, a class scrum half. So it's quite, it's quite an interesting sport, to be honest, because there's loads of differences You've got second rows that can be massive, great in the line out, jumping, maybe not a great ball player, but you know, they're good at their position. So it's good uh, in terms of having different abilities, different players. Um, I suppose it's quite an open sport. Um, and in my position, um, we'll say I'm a scrum half, someone that can pass the ball really well, kick really well. Kicking's one of my weaknesses, I suppose. And, um, <laughs> Quite fit and has got a decent game awareness, so they can they can obviously read the game and be more of a, a bit of a leader. So when they when they've got forwards around them, they can tell them where to go. And then obviously they've got another player that fly half that's, that's kind of uh, organising things. Um, and I suppose in different countries they've got kind of different ways to play. So in France, a lot of it really comes from the scrum half. The ten doesn't see a huge amount. Whereas in Scotland, I suppose the ten's kind of the, the quarterback of the team, so they're the ones that kind of organise, they, they decide what's going on. Um, this scrum half speaks a lot, but he's taking all his orders from the ten. So it's um, someone that's a good passer in my position, someone that's fit, if he's fast, then it's, it's, a, it's a bonus. It's got a good game of awareness. Awesome. Um, now, I mean... Who who have been the three best players that you've played against? Played against? <clears throat> I've played. It's funny, actually, because maybe you sent me the questions. Uh, I've almost played against and played with them as well. Um, so the best players would probably be one of them would be Stuart Hogg. So he's currently playing fullback for Scotland. So I played against them when I was young. I never actually played against them when I was past eighteen. So from the age of thirteen to eighteen. We always played against each other because he was from Hoyk, uh, I was from Selkirk, so he was always a player that was faster than everyone, he was better skilled, you know, um, and now he's playing at top level and he's probably one of the best currently in the world. Um, 
so I'd have to say him. There's a guy called Rory Sutherland who plays for Scotland at the moment now. He's already played for Scotland a while back, but he's really, came, he's, I mean, he's playing really well now. Uh, he's a prop. Back in the day, he played in the back row in my position. Played against him. He was a big, strong boy, uh, and he was a good player. So he's now playing at the, the top level. And then another one who I've also played with, but now and against, and I remember playing against him because he was always on the ball. It's a guy called George Horn, who's from half. He's played for Scotland a few times as well. Um, and he was a pain in the ass to play against, but he was really, really good. He, he so fast, quite a small guy, but his game awareness was, was quality and he was just always off the cuff. Really, really good player. So I'd have to say these three. Yeah, it's, it's when it's when they can see things before everyone else. That's when it really starts to yeah, yeah, yeah. kick in as an uh, for, you know, for the uh, opposition. It's um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it makes them look faster, doesn't it? You know, it's the uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, ahead of the game. Yeah, um, in terms of playing playing with people, who who have been the few few best players that you've played with? set up so it was almost under 18s regional we played against Glasgow and Edinburgh um, so I did play with them too um, but I, as I said I only played maybe two or three games with them um, but I played more with George Horn uh, in sevens so we had a, a Scotland thing that I mentioned the Scott Thistle uh, played sevens with him um, and he was always a quality player and he was quite young actually when I played with him again with Stuart and uh, when I played with them they were really young as well so I've never actually played with them when we were older um, and I'd also obviously have to say I have to say my brother my twin brother he's a pretty good player I played with him quite a lot so I'd have to give him a bit of credit and say that he's one of the better players I've played with as well but I mean there's loads of good players players that are better than me that I've played with that maybe didn't make it or didn't even want to go professional things like that so um, but I'd have to see the boys that are playing at the highest level they're probably the best best three players I've played with mm. how much did, did your brother pay you to, to, uh, to say that uh, <laughs> not enough <laughs> the beers are waiting at home are they um, yeah now to finish off what makes your sport special I suppose it depends how you're playing it so as I said, it's a sport of all different positions, all different kinds of people. You've got players that might look overweight, um, but they're bloody good in the scrum. Uh, so you've got people from all types of physical differences that are playing in the sport. It's, I don't know, I suppose uh, rugby <laughs> what makes it special. Uh, well, the mentality of most rugby players, I think, is slightly different to, to a lot of sports. Um, they're quite respectful um, so I suppose even at a young age you kind of learn how to respect the opponent how to respect you're tackling someone you're physically hitting them you know and then the, the same guy might be helping you up off the ground you know so I think that's quite special about the sport um, technical aspect it's, I suppose it's technically different to a lot of sports as well the closest thing that comes to it is American football when people don't when a lot of people don't know what rugby is they say oh it's like this American football you know so it's slightly different, but I'd say a, a massive difference and what makes it different is obviously the, the people, the, the respect that they have for each other, for the opponent at the end of the game normally. Um, you know, you're shaking their hand, you're having a beer with them after the game. 
Um, so I think that's quite massive uh, in rugby. And at the moment, you know, it's, it's still like that, but you can kind of see slowly it turns kind of, I don't want to see football mentality. You know, a lot of people are starting to answer back to the referees and stuff like that, which is a bit of a shame. But I think, you know, the, the mentality of rugby is, is definitely still respectful. I think that makes a difference. Why? Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a Half Court Press production by Teo McLeod.